Welcome to Becoming Warriors podcast, where you are becoming who you already are, a victorious overcomer through Christ. All right, so let's jump right in. Our topic for today is the battle against complacency. This is a three-week series that we're going to be doing here, and in this series, we are going to discuss three important stages that have to do with complacency in our lives, but also how, how it can um, root itself in our families and in our churches and in, in, our, in our homes. I've tagged this podcast series, Comfortably Numb, and when I did, when I kind of came up with this idea, um, I was driving down the road and I thought about this pot. I was just thinking about podcasts, praying about what the Lord would have me bring. And um, this idea, this phrase, if you will, came to my mind, comfortably numb. And I knew immediately what the Lord was speaking to me, but I also knew that there would be somebody out there that would be a little bit in a disagreement with me for tagging it as comfortably numb. I understand it is a popular Pink Floyd song. I'm not endorsing their music at all. So let me just go ahead and start off by saying that this is where God began to deal with me on this series. Um, this idea of being comfortably numb and the battle that we face against complacency. And this is why I believe that it is exactly what the enemy is trying to do to us in the church today, trying to do to you in your home, in your family, in your relationship with Christ, in your in your church as a whole. This is his tactic. He wants to inject into us ideas and thoughts and mindsets and emotions that we will struggle with that ultimately will cause us to become numb to everything around us. And what happens is that then it begins to paralyze us. And when you become paralyzed, then complacency will actually kick in and begin to go a little bit deeper. See, complacency goes deeper in spiritual paralysis because complacency is found in a place not only where you cannot move, but also where you don't care or you don't realize that you cannot move. And that's what makes it so scary. Complacency goes to a place where you don't even care. The definition of complacency is to be self-satisfied, especially when accompanied by an, by an unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. Self-satisfied, self-satisfied. Think about it, self-satisfied. I am self-satisfied. When I become complacent, I am self-satisfied. I'm satisfied right where I am. I don't have any desire to move forward. I don't have any desire for anything more of God. And it is a place where we are completely unaware of the actual dangers and the actual deficiencies. So you could be saying in your life right now, I don't care, I'm good where I am. But the problem with complacency is not just that you don't care if you move forward. The problem with complacency is not just a matter of you don't care if your relationship with God grows or you feel like you are good where you are or you're satisfied in the life where you are. The problem with complacency is the dangers that it brings into your life and into your family that you're not even aware of and that is the definition of complacency when you are unaware of the dangers and the deficiencies that it brings into your life and into the life of those around you the commission on the deep water horizon oil spill said that the root of the fatal explosion 
and subsequent colossal spill in the Gulf of Mexico was due to complacency. It was due to not paying attention to warning signs. It was due to a place of, I feel comfortable, and so therefore we don't pay attention to the things that are going wrong, and it ultimately causes there to be um, disaster and danger, but not only in our lives, also in the lives of those around us, as we see in this situation. Come in with me for a minute and imagine if you can, a man is sitting in a rocking chair and he's relaxing in the sun. He's got his glass of tea. He's totally satisfied with life as it is, but his chair is placed in the center of a railroad track. His chair is placed in the center of a railroad track and there is a locomotive that is going full steam ahead, headed directly for him, but he feels good. I mean, he's got everything that he needs and life looks good, like he is satisfied where he is. He's totally satisfied, he has no desire to get up and move. And what is happening is that right now a locomotive is getting ready to run him over and that is exactly what your enemy wants to happen to you. You see, this is why complacency is a very scary thing. This is why complacency has got to be cut off at the root. And this is the tactic. This is the warfare tactic because this is becoming warriors. So we are becoming warriors in Christ. This is the warfare tactic and the strategy that the enemy has on some of us today. And so today we're going to dig into that right now. And it's my desire as we move forward in this, that we will break the back of complacency. I have been praying over this message and asking the Lord to just anoint it and to send it out and that it would reach people who are struggling with complacency. And my prayer for you today is that if you are struggling with complacency, that this message today will help you to break out of it, will help you to break the back of complacency off of your life, off of your family, off of your children, off of your church, wherever it may be, attaching itself to. My prayer is that we break the back of complacency in the lives of God's people today. Complacency is a disease that saps the energy. Complacency is a disease that dulls the attitude. Complacency is a disease that will cause what I call brain drain. Brain drain, yes, I said that right. Brain drain is basically when you reach this point in your in your life in your walk with God where you feel like you do you cannot get your thoughts together. Has anybody ever felt like that? Like I just cannot get my thoughts together. I can't get my thoughts together to read my Bible. I can't get my thoughts together to pray. I can't get my thoughts together to worship. I just feel like I cannot get my thoughts together. It's like everything is just oozing out of my ears and life is just overbearing on me right now to the point that I cannot my brain is just drained right now. I just feel drained and I can't seem to make it through. This happens when we are unable to process our thoughts, when we are easily overwhelmed, when we have lack of motivation, we have lack of energy, or when we have a false sense of security. And that is a problem too, when we have a false sense of security. So how do I know if I've fallen into a zone of being comfortably numb? as we've tagged it. There's some symptoms that come along with complacency, just like any other disease, just like any other situation that may attack your body, there are symptoms that will come along with complacency just the same. And the Bible will give us these tools to check ourselves and to do a spiritual inventory of where we are in our walk today. And so we're gonna walk through those today and I want you to just kind of walk along with me in this process. So 2 Corinthians chapter 
13 verse 5 says this. It says, examine yourselves. Ex nobody wants to examine themselves. Like, first of all, right there, nobody wants to examine themselves. Everybody wants to just, we want to gloss over everything. We want to act like everything's good. We want to act like all is well. Nobody wants to examine themselves. But 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. Why? To see whether you be in the faith. Now, here's an interesting thing. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the people sitting on the pew. And he's saying, you need to examine yourself and see where you really are with Christ. So I've gone through some seasons in my own personal life where I know that I've noticed that there was a lack of desire, a lack of passion, a lack of drive in my walk with the Lord. And that is a normal thing that people are going to go through. It's a sense of disinterest in the things of God. And if you're experiencing a sense of disinterest, then you're probably borderlining on a place of complacency with the Lord. I was still a Christian and I worked in the church and I taught from the scriptures and I was passionate about you know, um, people knowing the Lord, but in my own relationship, I just was struggling and my passion was waning. And I began to see that that was a problem even, you know, in my own life. But see, here's the thing. Here's the situation. It's not a shame if you are struggling with complacency. That's not a shame. We all will go through bouts of complacency at some point in time or another. The shame is when you don't recognize it. Or worse, you do recognize it, but you are not willing to take the proper measures to pull yourself out of that place of complacency and to overcome it and regain your footing. Your complacency does not only affect you. That's what you need to know right now. You may think, I'm complacent, I feel complacent, I know I'm complacent, I don't have any desire to get out of it, it's too much work, but what you need to know is your complacency affects everyone around you. It affects everyone in your circle because when you are complacent, you are not fully following through with the Lord and therefore you are ultimately influenced by the outside forces and the world and the enemy that would come in because you are not covered up in your mind and in your spirit. You've become complacent and not growing in the things of God. And if you are not growing in the things of God, you will grow in the things of this world. So you've got to be careful and know that now you are susceptible to other influences that is ultimately affecting everyone around you. Plus, in a place of complacency, you're not doing the work of God like God has called you to do. And we are the body that is supposed to come together. So your complacency is not only your problem. Your complacency has now become the problem of everyone around you if you're not careful. So it is so important for us to recognize and examine ourselves and understand that if we are in a place of complacency, we need to take the proper measures to get ourselves out of that place of complacency. See, Satan's end goal is not only, he's playing the long game with you, and it's not only to affect you, but it is also to affect everyone in your circle. If he can kill your fire, then you can't spread your fire. See what I'm saying? So it doesn't only affect you, it affects everyone around you. So what are the symptoms? What are the symptoms of complacency? Let's talk about it for a minute. Um, symptom number one. Symptom number one of complacency that will lead you into this place of being comfortably numb is this. Symptom number one is this. Um, lack of dependency on Christ. There is a lack of dependency 
on Jesus Christ in our daily life, in our daily walk, in our relationship with him, there's just a lack of dependency. Revelation chapter 3 verse 17 says this, because you say, I am rich and I am increased with goods and you have need of nothing, but you do not know. You do not know that you are wretched and you are miserable and you are poor and you are blind. You think you have need of nothing. You think that you are okay. You think that everything looks good and you are satisfied with where your life is right now. But the problem is when we get into that place where we don't have that dependency, that fervor, that fire that says when I get up in the morning, I need to talk to God because if I don't, I'm not going to be able to be the person that I need to be today. You are just satisfied where you are. You're self-dependent and not Christ-dependent. What happens is you do not remember, you don't realize that you are actually poor and naked, he says, and miserable and wretched and blind. You can't see properly when you're complacent. And that's a big problem. When you become complacent, it affects your eyesight. It affects the way you see things. It affects the way you see people. It affects the way you see the Bible. It affects the way you see God. Complacency will ultimately make you blind. And so you've got to be careful. So when we become self-sufficient and not Christ-dependent, then we are headed to a dangerous place of complacency in our life. When we no longer need him and we have fixed our life in such a way that we can go without him, or we can go with him and it doesn't matter which way, then we are headed to a place of complacency. He is not a take me when you feel like it or leave me when you don't kind of savior. He is a, I am your all and all. You have got to find your dependency in him in your daily life. So Luke chapter 12 gives us a story. Luke chapter 12 gives us a story of a man who is in the time of harvest in his life and he realizes that his barns are not big enough and so he says to himself self you know because we're self-dependent self um you don't have enough room for all that you are bringing in look at what you have done and then see he says to himself well i think that i will tear down the barns that i have and i will build bigger barns so that i can hold more harvest and so he does that he tears down his barns and he builds bigger barns and then he says to himself self because again we're self-dependent self um you have plenty stored up take your ease in life drink, eat, be merry, don't worry about anything. But the Bible says that when he says that in his heart, but God says to him, you fool, this day your life will be required of you. Verse 21 says, this is how it will be for those who store up for themselves, but they are not rich toward God. So I want to ask you today, are you rich toward God? How is your relationship with the Lord? How, how are you connecting? Do you depend on God every day? If it wasn't for him, could you make it? Could you, could you walk away from the Lord today and be totally fine? Like nothing would change in your life. If so, then you are complacent. Then you have fallen into complacency and you have become self-dependent and not Christ-dependent. So where do you fall in this? Do 
you think that you have to make everything happen? Are you dependent on yourself for your bills, for your money, for your life, for your kids? Are you, are you thinking that you are the only one? Do you have to be in control? Are you only dependent on your own ability? If you are only dependent on your own ability, then you in this life will be most miserable because we are not able to take care of everything that we need. And we need a God in our life that is able to take care of the things that are happening even behind the scenes that we don't know. He is working things out for you every single day before you ever even wake up in the morning. He is already on the scene. And if you think in your mind that you can walk away from him and not live in, in your life, be okay and not be any different, then you are absolutely wrong. And you have gotten into a place of complacency in your mind. We must be dependent on him and we must recognize our dependency on him. Listen, this is more than just about your bank account. This is not just a this is not just a money thing. Dependency on Christ has to be about our relationship with him. It has to be about everything that concerns our life, our children, our health, our home, our family, our marriage, our jobs, everything. It all depends on him. Everything that we do. And so if we are not in a place where we are understanding that he is the one in control, but we feel like we are controlling it, see People with control issues will fall into complacency because they figured they have it figured out. They've got it figured out. They've got it. They've got everything that they need. And if God doesn't come through, then they can take care of it. And that is the wrong mindset. We have got to recognize that we have got to have him in our life. Do you refuse also to take the steps that God would call you to, to go deeper with him? Because see, you're just okay where you are and you don't need to dig in any further and you don't need to push forward with God anymore. See, this is a problem too because the Lord wants you to be. He wants you to be dependent on him. And so God is always calling us deeper. God is always calling us to a place where he is saying to us, I want you to come out into the deep. I want you to come out into places where, where you are gonna have to trust me and I'm gonna show myself to you. See, God can't show himself to you if you're never willing to step out into deeper waters with him. So are you, are you saying, no, I'm, I think I'm just gonna stay in the boat. I'm good. I'm good where I am. And, and I, I know, Lord, that you're calling me to step out onto the water, but I'm just, you know, I don't need all of that in my life. We've come to a place of complacency where we don't need more, where we don't need more of what he has to offer. And this is a dangerous place for us. So do we refuse to step out into deeper things with him? This is not just about what we can provide for ourselves, but this is about how deep we are willing to go in our relationship with God. How deep are you willing to go in your relationship with God? How much of him do you need in your walk? See me, I need everything. I need everything, everything, everything that he has to offer. Um, there's been a lot of times he's called me into deeper waters and I have been absolutely terrified and I did not want to do that because I knew that I was going to have to fully trust in him and what if I failed and what if I sank and what if something didn't work out the way that I thought it was going to work out. This podcast is one of them. It's just something I've wrestled with for a long time. But we have to be willing to step out into more. We have to be willing to see. When, when I sit on this side of it and sit on this this side of, of what he would call me to do, then what I see is that, okay, I'm good right here 
here and yes this is a comfortable place but what am I lacking that's on the other side there are blessings there are promises there are great things that God wants to pour into our life if we are willing to press in for more if we won't be complacent if we won't just sit back and say I have enough right where I am I'm good where I am but what about all of the rest of it that he has for you what about everything else that he wants to give to you is there anything that God has in his hand that you are literally look in the face of God and say you know I just don't really care if I have that or not that is a sobering thought I want everything that he has because everything that he has is good everything that he has for me is good and sometimes it may require some trust and sometimes it may require me to step into a place that's a little deeper than I am used to and maybe it'll be a little uncomfortable for a little while But are you too complacent and comfortable where you are to find out all that he has for you? I don't want to be that complacent in my life, and I hope you don't either. I hope that that you have a desire that raises inside of you that says, you know what? I really do want all that God has for me, like all of it. I don't want to miss anything. Symptom number two will help us to identify if we are struggling with complacency and battling complacency in our life. Symptom number two is this, lack of priorities, lack of priorities. Luke chapter 14 verse 18 gives a story of a parable. Jesus is telling a story. He's given us a parable and he is telling us about a king, a king who is preparing a banquet and he invites many guests to come to this banquet. But everyone has too many excuses. Everyone has something to do because we're too busy, right? we talked about in the beginning we're too busy everyone has something to do the first guest says you know i would i would love to but i just bought a field and i'm gonna have to go tend to my field and like i just don't have time right now it's just not in the books for me today like maybe next week if he's having another banquet but right now I have to tend to my field and so the man goes on and he asks another person the master would like you to come to his banquet and that person says you know I would but I just bought five yokes of oxen and I gotta go try them out I just I got a lot on my plate today and you know maybe later but not today and so he goes along and he asks someone else and he says you know the master wants you to come he bids you to come to his banquet and that man says I would but I just got married and I can't leave my bride I I I have to go tend to my bride I mean I am a newlywed after all and you know my relationship is really important I'm sorry I, I I'm gonna have to pass I'm gonna have to pass busy Busy, 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 busy with our interests, busy with our relationships, busy with the people in our life, busy with our friends. These things, none of them are bad in and of itself, but if I am too busy and my priorities are out of line, then it leads me to complacency. If I wake up in the morning and I don't feel like I need him, and so I just rush off to work and I don't take time to sit and glean from his word, then I'm moving into complacency. So what are you too busy with? What has, what has captured your attention? Is it your job? that you can't take time to pray? Is it, is, it your, um, is it your toys? Is it the things that you have acquired in your life? You've got your boat, you've got your car, you've got your four-wheelers, you've got your friends, and, and God's been good and God's blessed, and so you've got a lot of things that you wanna go do. You've got some traveling to do. You've got, you got all these things that God has blessed you with, and you're doing really good in life, and, and, and so you rush out and go, and, 
and do, but you don't take time to read his word? Is it your relationships? Could it be your relationships? Because while yes, our marriage is supposed to be above everything else in our life, it is not above God. So which one of these is getting in your way? Which one of these is hindering you and growing in your relationship with the Lord? What is in front of God? We can put all kinds of things in front of God. We can put ourselves in front of God. We can put our own pride in front of God. We can put our stubbornness in front of God. We can put our laziness in front of God. We can put the TV. We can put our phone. We can put our friends. We can put our family. We can put, oh, there's, there's, there's an innumerable amount of things that you could put before God in your life. But what's going to happen is you're going to find yourself begin to die down in your spirit. And you're going to find yourself become complacent. And, and then most of the time you won't even realize it. You want to, you'll still think that you're good. You'll still, you'll be satisfied. You'll think that everything's okay. And then you'll look back at your life when all the disaster begins to happen because you've gotten out of the will of God, because you've done things, made choices that were not in line with what he would have you to make them because you weren't connected to him. And then destruction comes and it doesn't only come to you, but it comes to the people around you. And what happens in that moment is then you will realize I have let myself slip in my walk. And I've become complacent. So what is it that you put in front of God that makes you too busy to talk with him, that makes you too busy to read his word, that makes you too busy to seek him? Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Matthew, if you will seek him first, then all of these other things will be added unto you. But you have to take inventory of your life and you have to do it today. You have to do it today. Find out what are these things that are keeping me away from the Lord. Dig deep down inside of you. Dig deep down into the roots, the root of who you are and ask the Lord, what is keeping me complacent? Where does your time spent every day with God rank? Where does it rank? If you don't have time for him here, what makes you think that you will get to spend time with him there? Because I don't know about you, but when I throw a party, when I have a banquet, I am going to invite the people that had time for me. Do you invite the people that never have time for you? Or do you invite the people that you talk to on a daily basis? Because I'm thinking you probably want to bring the people who talk to you, who spend time with you, who take an interest in you, and not the other way around. Matthew chapter 7 gives us a story, Jesus letting us know that one day many will come to him and they will say to him, Lord, Lord, haven't we done many great and mighty things in your name? This is the church he's talking about. This isn't the world. And he says, I will say to them in that day, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. And the word knew is intimate. It's an intimate term. I never spent time with you. We never got close. You carried my name around but you didn't really spend time with me and you didn't put me first in your life. When we're intimate with someone, we make them a priority. When you're intimate with someone, you make them a priority in your life. Symptom number three, symptom number three is lack of zeal or passion. Lack of zeal or passion. Romans chapter 12 verse 11 says this, Never be lacking in passion, never be lacking in passion, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking 
in your passion. See, God has designed us with emotions. Go ahead, insert laugh for those of you who feel like you are not emotional. Um, God has designed us with emotions. We have emotions. We all have them. Um, even if we feel like we are emotionless, there are some people who just say, you know, I'm not really an emotional person. Yes, you are. Everyone has emotions. They just express them differently. Everyone has emotions that they feel. They get angry, they get sad, they get mad, they cry, they shout, they yell, they get happy, but we all do at some point in time have emotions because we are emotional creatures. We are emotional creatures. But it just means that we express our emotions in different ways. So some people will cry, some people will not, some people will be more solemn. Um, but our passion, our passion will decide ultimately what our priorities are. If you are passionate about a sport, you're probably not going to cry over a sport. I hope you won't cry over a sport. But um, that doesn't mean that you won't align your priorities in your day because you're passionate. Your priorities will ultimately align with what you're passionate about. So complacency will invade the areas of our life that we were once passionate about and, and it will invade the areas of our life that we once showed interest. So at one point in time in our life, we showed interest in God's word. At one point in time in your walk, you showed interest in God's word above everything else. At one time, it was your desire and your focus to be close to him. But complacency disrupts priority. And it happens because our passions will decide our priority. Our passions will decide our priority. Many things can cause this in our life. There are many things that will cause us to lose our zeal and to lose our passion. The first big one is burnout. Burnout will cause you to lose your passion. It will cause you to feel like you are weighed down. It will cause you to feel like you don't have it in you anymore to press forward or to keep going. You feel like you have lost all of your passion and all of your zeal because you are just absolutely burned out. Frustration is another one. Frustration can cause you to feel like you, you can't feel your passion for God because you're too busy being frustrated and you're too busy being hindered by the feelings of frustration in your mind. Hurt can cause it. Church hurt is a big one because somehow we get it mixed up. I don't know how we do this, but somehow it happens. Somebody hurts us, whether it be in church or be in our family, and somehow that affects how we walk with the Lord, especially if it's church hurt. Because now suddenly I feel like I have hurt in my life or, or hurt in the church and suddenly now I don't want to go to church. Suddenly I don't want to be around those people. And when you don't go around those people, then you lose your passion because when you're together where the fire of God is, that's when you catch on fire. So you pull away and you back up and you don't realize that you're actually zapping out your passion. Um, feelings of incompetency can do this. When you know that, you know, God has called you or you, God is leading you into a, a specific direction, but you feel like you are incompetent, what will happen is the enemy will come down and he will say, why don't you just sit right here and don't try to move forward. And passion begins to subside because of your feelings of incompetency. We become overwhelmed and we shut down. And whenever we shut down, we begin to lose our passion and our fire goes out. It's literally like snuffing out a candle, literally like snuffing out a candle. Then we become, we become comfortable 
in this place of numbness. We become comfortable in this place where we have lost our passion and we just become okay being dependent on ourselves. We become okay not being dependent on God. Do you see how each step will kind of inform the next step? Because I am um, because I am dealing with a lack of passion or a lack of zeal or I'm dealing with a lack of priorities. My passion informs my priorities and as my priorities get out of whack, I just become okay, self-satisfied with where I am. Isaiah said in Isaiah 64 verse 7, Isaiah said, There is none that will stir himself to take hold of you, God. There's none that will stir himself to take hold of you. And I want to say something to you guys today. If you're struggling in a spirit of complacency, it's not a place of defeat. It's not a place where you have to feel like you can't get to God or like something's wrong with you. Actually, it happens a lot. I used to feel like if I, if I didn't have that fire burning inside of me all the time, there must be something wrong with me and maybe God was done with me or maybe God was mad at me, you know, we can gain all of those crazy thoughts, especially if you grew up in like the old time religion where everything you did was wrong and why don't I feel the presence of God? But really, sometimes God is looking for somebody who will just stir himself. Just stir yourself up for the Lord. Just say, you know what? I don't feel it right now, but I'm going to pray until I do feel it. I don't feel it right now, but I'm going to read my Bible until I feel the power of God come down in my life. And I'm not going to back up. I'm going to stir up my spirit. I'm going to stir myself up until the power of God rests on my life again. Because we have got to come to the place where we know that we need him. We know that we need him. And sometimes we just have to stir ourselves up. Again, symptom number four, and I am closing it out with this. Symptom number four is a lack of morals. If you have noticed in your life a lack of morals and moral decay, then you are probably bordering or not, or if not already consumed by complacency. First Corinthians chapter five, verses one through two gives us a story of a man who is um, sleeping with his father's wife sleeping with his father's wife uh, there's a lot of debate on that is he actually is it incest is he actually sleeping with his mother I don't think so I think it actually points to the fact that this is probably his stepmother and um, and and he you know maybe the father and the mother have been divorced no matter which way you look at it it's absolutely atrocious and it should not be going on and he says Paul is writing this to the Corinthian church He's writing this to the church. So the church knows that this is going on. The church knows that this is happening. What makes it worse is that then Paul says, not only is this going on, but you who should be mourning are boasting about it. You're boasting about sin. You may not be taking part in the sin, but you are proud of the person who is taking part in the sin. It is a lack of morals and it stems from a place of complacency because when your priorities are out of line, you will not get in a place of prayer where God can speak to you. And when you lose your passion and your zeal and you become self-dependent, all of these things will take you out of a place where God can speak to you, where God can strengthen you, and where God can 
leads you and what begins to happen before you know it is that your morals are all out of whack. Suddenly, you're calling good evil and evil good and you can't tell the difference between the two because we go right back to the very first verse where he said you are poor and you are wretched and you are naked and you are blind. You can't see anymore because you have gotten yourself into a place of complacency. And so now because you can't see what's going on, you are now boasting and taking pleasure in things that are not godly. And we can sit back and say, oh wait, hold on a minute, hold on a minute because my life is good and I don't sin and I don't do all that stuff, but what do you take pleasure in? Is it, it, it could be in the music, it could be in the movies, it could be in the, in the things that you watch on TV. There is horrible things going on in this world that we can laugh at and we can make fun of and we can think are absolutely hilarious, but if we are not careful, if we are not careful, we will begin to take pleasure in the sin of other people. And God tells us that we are not to take pleasure in the sin of others, that we are not to derive, why would we derive pleasure from the sin of other people? Why? Why would we, if it disgusts God, it should disgust us. And we should not find it funny. We shouldn't find it pleasurable. We shouldn't find it enjoyable. It takes us into a place where our morals become very lax and become very um, become very obscure. We don't have any morals. They are they are deficient and they are not strong. When we allow complacency to come in, it makes us numb to our passion, numb to our priorities, and numb to our dependency on Christ. And when all of those three things happen, the end result is we will possess a lack of morals in our life. We will possess a lack of morals in our life. This is why it is so important that we examine ourselves. This is why it's so important that we look at our lives and see what is really going on inside of us because complacency is a disease. It's like a drug that when you inject it into you, you are dying inside little by little. Don't let complacency build a home in your heart because the cost is far too expensive. And it will not only cost you, but it will cost the people around you as well. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed our first podcast um, on battling complacency and being comfortably numb. This week, we're exposing the symptoms of complacency. Next week, we're going to be exposing the dangers of complacency. And so I hope you will join us for that. But ultimately, we're going to get to the bottom of this and we are going to find out how to defeat complacency and how to put it back in the pit of hell where it came from and just to completely obliterate it from our lives, from our churches, from our families. So I hope that you have enjoyed it. I hope that you will come back again next week for the, for our next episode. And um, we're going to dive in a little deeper to this. If you have enjoyed this podcast and it is something that you feel like has really blessed you and you would like the notes, you would like all of the study notes. There's a lot of study notes on here and you probably don't want to always have to listen to me ramble, but if you would like the notes from this podcast, then um, you can actually gain access to all of my study notes. If you want to feel free to join our fight club, you can click it on our website 
um, there's going to be a place, a link there for you to join, and it is called it is called um, the Becoming Warriors Fight Club. And in this fight club, you will be partnering with us that we can cause the word to continue to go forward. It's ten dollars a month to join the fight club, but you will get exclusive content that others will not be privy to. And so, if you would like to join for that, I would I would greatly appreciate it, and it will definitely help us to continue to spread the gospel further and to help other people in situations just like yourself. So you can check all of this out on our website at www.michellesmithministries.com or you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, all of those nice places. Um, but we hope that you'll join with us and that you will tune in for more. Also, if you are catching this podcast and you like what you've heard, we also have a Monday night Bible study that goes live on Facebook every week around eight o'clock. So you can just go like our page and um, just look me up, Michelle Smith, and you can like our page and it will inform you whenever we are going live. So it's every Monday night we meet and, um, and we do uh, an in-depth Bible study similar to what you've received here. So I love everyone out there and I just am so thankful for all of you guys. I hope this has been a blessing. I hope that God will speak to you through this and in the name of Jesus, that if you are battling with complacency, you will come out of this fight in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus right now, we just ask that you will touch every person who is listening to this podcast. God, I ask that you will minister to them. I pray that you will break the back of complacency. I pray that this podcast has been a revelation to someone who has felt like they are far from you and has felt like they don't know what's going on, but they're, they just realize that they are not where they need to be and they want to grow closer to you. God, I pray that you will minister to your people. I pray that you will have your way, God, in their life and that you will just open up our eyes, God. Open Open our eyes to the things that are taking place of you in our life. Open our eyes to our lack of priorities, our lack of passion, our lack of desire for you, our lack of dependency on you, and God definitely open our eyes to our lack of morals. I pray, Lord, that you will minister to your people today, and Father, for all that you have done today, I give you all the praise and all of the glory in Jesus' name, and we all say amen. We'll see you next week.